Christy live from the ESPN 690 and Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You know, obviously it's 50-50. You know, we're just going to try to see where he's at tomorrow. You know, um, that's how we have him listed. And then, obviously, if uh, if he's not, then, you know, we've got to be able to, you know, it's it, it's a tough challenge. I mean, they got some, you know, crafty veteran receivers out there. Uh, they got a quarterback that can do a lot of things, scramble, um, run. Um, so I think it's going to be a great challenge for us. So, you know, but no, make no mistake, we've, we've got to get some guys, you know, obviously get into the quarterback and, and get them off rhythm. That is Doug Marone, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a big game a year ago when Doug Marone decided to go for two at the end of that game. I kind of liked it. We all didn't mind the decision. We hated the play call to Leonard Fournette in that spot. And I think everybody was, it was a 50-50 thing. It was like, yeah, I kind of like the play call. I kind of like the play idea uh, to go for two. But I don't like the play call. And uh, certainly didn't like the execution as well. And so the Jags lost 13-12. to uh, Doug Marone and Bill O'Brien, very good buddies, uh, probably his closest friend uh, in the NFL circles. And Bill O'Brien, of course, fired earlier this week, which will be interesting, actually. We'll see where Bill O'Brien lands, but you got to wonder what if the Jags do okay and Doug Marone's back next year and maybe Jay Gruden's on his way to another job or does Bill O'Brien somehow end up? Here in Jacksonville, calling plays, or I mean, could you see that marriage somewhere in Jacksonville? There's a lot of ifs in there, right? Whole bunch of ifs. I thought yeah. you were going to go to where if this coaching staff gets fired and Jay Gruden goes someplace else, what happens to Bill O'Brien's the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? No, I'm not thinking that. Okay. Well, the yeah. fact that you're thinking about him in the city at all rubs me. I mean, listen. You don't like him. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, no, no, I, I like him, man. I don't mind the guy at all. I just, There's I, something I like about him. Is it, well, yeah, you know, uh, he's kind of... I don't, I don't know. I don't want to come across the wrong way, but like he kind of seems like that old school kind of like East Coast kind of coach, right? Oh, Where yeah. it's like, I mean, well, yes. you know. I mean, everything's, oh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know what I'm saying? Well, he's under the Belichick tree, sure. screaming and shouting sometimes with uh, Brady back on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he then goes to Penn State and does a nice job, but again, he's he's not this warm and fuzzy guy. Like, doesn't come across that way, mm-hmm. and I think that's a big thing in Houston. Like, I saw a soundbite today, uh, this week in Houston, that J.J. Watt said, you know what I'm happy for is that now we're all pulled in the same direction with our fans. It was like, that was an interesting interpretation of his soundbite. Hmm. Like, okay, so the fans didn't like Bill O'Brien, or... They wanted him out. They didn't love him, but now they love every, that he's gone. So now we love that he's gone, and so yeah. we're all pulling in the same direction. Like I was confused by that, yeah. and maybe I just missed the context of it because I just saw the answer. But yeah, there's just not this warm and fuzzy uh, feeling with Bill O'Brien. Although I'm cautious of that because, to be quite honest with you, there was not a warm and fuzzy feeling coming down here for Doug Marone, mm-hmm. and I think Doug Marone is totally different in terms of the man and and the coach that we know at least or interact with from interviews to everything else, totally different than what I read from coming down from Buffalo. Sure. I mean, if you read some of the stories coming out of Buffalo on Doug Marone, you've been like, what in the world? And I actually did say, I mean, I remember like, what are they doing here? Mm -hmm. Like, this doesn't seem to add up. And over the years, you know, you get to know Doug Marone. I think Doug Marone has handled himself fantastically. And, again, we, we can't sit here and claim, that, oh, yeah, I really know Doug Marone. He's a, well, we don't. But I'm just saying in our, our interactions with him, which has been plentiful, 
he is he is one eighty from the guy that I I read about in Buffalo. So you got to be super careful, I think, in those situations. Well, and keep in mind though, too, sometimes people can change, right? Because listen, in in, in this sport, whether you're a player or whether you're a coach, unless your name is Bill Belichick, you either learn to adapt or you're extinct. You're a dinosaur. You're not going to work out anymore because the times are always a changing. So um, I think that maybe Doug Marone took it upon himself, had a you know had a good talk with the man in the mirror. Um, saw some things that maybe he did wrong in Buffalo and then adjusted that to obviously uh, here in Jacksonville. I, I think you just said something that's really important and, and I can't shed a lot of like factual light on it, mm-hmm. but it's certainly been my read on it mm-hmm. is that, yeah, I think he has changed. Uh, and again, that doesn't necessarily mean he was as bad as everybody in Buffalo painted him to be either. Mm-hmm. But I do think somewhere in that between leaving Buffalo and here in Jacksonville over these few years, I do think he changed. Uh, to some degree. I don't know how much. Uh, you'd have well, to really know the before and after and the genuine nature of Doug Marone to know that, like work with him probably inside the walls. But I think there was a conscious effort uh, for him to work on that persona, to work on that image, because nobody likes to read what you read leaving there, whether it was true or not. Nobody likes to be painted in that light. Uh, and again, I don't really think in the grand scheme of things, Doug Marone cares what I think about him. You think about him. Anybody yeah. thinks about him. He's a guy from the Bronx, man. If, if, if you know, that's one thing about being up from the East Coast and that area is like, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. Not for sure. Forget about it. <laughs> so, but at the same time. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think you've you're cognizant of it and you have well, kids and family and they're cognizant of it. And so mm-hmm. I do think I mean, maybe the story will be written someday or, or maybe we'll find out down the road. How much of a conscious effort was it on Doug's part to change? How much did he actually change? How much was it perception? But it's somewhere in the mix of that from Buffalo to Jacksonville. Well, and let's be honest, too. Usually when a coach gets fired and it's not agreed upon, it's not mutual. I mean, it's probably they're getting fired because of one or two reasons. They, they messed up completely and they got in trouble or they had a couple bad seasons they got fired regardless of that though when they leave obviously the fan base obviously the media or maybe the media but the fan base is going to be celebrating because that person is now gone well and the circumstance that he left buffalo was he had the option to get out and that's what was so different you know and so all of that added up to your point Mm -hmm. that buffalo wave of criticism like what do you mean you don't want us anymore Mm -hmm. you don't want to be here anymore he had that choice in that situation it was one it was an unusual situation even to begin with so it's a i i i am fascinated by that stuff i i understand it probably doesn't get across on radio or and sometimes even hard to illustrate but i i I talk a lot about the psyche of a a city around the jags sometimes Mm -hmm. i'm fascinated with that part of it because i think there's so much we don't know Mm -hmm. you know and and i there's always a sensitivity to me and maybe it's because my kids are now in high school that doug's kids are in high school when gus bradley was here his kids were in school had to hear all about it when jack del rio was here his kid was the ball boy then was in the school then was the quarterback at florida getting hammered yeah. now he's been the guy that's hammering everybody on his podcast or anything else yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so there's always it's this different role and you're kind of sensitive to the fact like man that must be tough at times you I know i mean listen, listen, I don't listen, it, man. Hey, turn the car on and we're saying hey doug why did you yeah, Why did no. you go for two point conversions, right? Jobs not for everybody. You know, the the job's not for everybody to, to say the least. You know, obviously with um you know, with Coach Malarkey too, I think there's, you know, some um, you know, people out there that, that weren't a big fan of his. And I think some players have actually come out and kind of come out and spoke out against him as well, you know. And I, I spoke my piece about Coach Malarkey. I had nothing but nice things to say about the dude. 
but that's just that's that's the life of coaching, you know. And obviously, there's a lot of great things that come from it. You know, you're you're working with a bunch of you know men every single day, and you get to teach them things, and you try to achieve a championship, and it's a beautiful, beautiful job. But at the same time, man, it's not for everybody because there's a lot of mental and probably some physical stuff that goes with it too, man. Because I mean, dude, you're you're watching film 24/7. Yeah, it's mental gymnastics, but maybe the entire family uh, at times. Yeah. So it's really interesting. That part is uh, interesting to me. Hey, uh, speaking of getting hammered and criticized and you're never immune to it, how about Tom Brady last night? Did yeah. he not know it was fourth down? Oh, man, who are you telling? I mean, I think they've come out today and basically James said, hey, we, all knew it was fourth. <laughs> we all knew it was fourth down. I mean, that was odd. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Cleo Mack hit him a little too hard that one sack or something like that, or Brady didn't know what down it was. That was, I mean, listen, let's let's call it like it is here. You can't do that, Tom. All right, like I understand you're the GOAT. You got all these Super Bowls, and, and, and you're one of the best, if not the best, to ever do it. But you got to know what down it is, okay? Because once again, your team's counting on you, right? And maybe it was a little mix-up here, mix-up there. Whatever the reason may be, Tom Brady can't do that. And, and not only that, he makes a bad decision on the play. Whether I don't, I don't care if it was third or fourth down. Mm-hmm. I think he makes a bad decision on the play. There was like 45 seconds or something like that left, and he goes way down the field and tries to force it in and get a big chunk of yardage when he had a guy underneath. Yeah. And you know, Tom knows who he's got. He was going, he was being a little greedy there, and he did not have that guy. Yeah. And uh, made a bad decision on top of not knowing maybe what down it was, uh, and it was wild. You know, there are a few times. In Tom Brady's career where you watch a game, and of course we don't watch every single one of them, but you've seen a lot of them. They're usually on prime time or whatever with the Patriots, that he has just been like hit a bunch. Last night was one of them. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack finally, I was like, I've been asking where Khalil Mack is for two years. I mean, I, I heard his, I didn't hear his, I heard his name every day for the first year that he got to Chicago, and I haven't heard his name in like a year and a half. Sure. And so now there is Khalil Mack. He came back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's back, man. I mean, he's always been there. It's just he's kind of on prime time television now. And everything like that. But you see what he did to Tristan Wirfs, though? Oh, Tristan Wirfs, what's up? You bench press 400 pounds. You're like all this, this, you know, this certified grade A rookie coming out of Iowa. I think you're the man. Check this out. Let me go ahead and just throw you, hip toss you, a little judo toss, if you will. I tell you, uh, Tristan Wirfs, who obviously is heralded, yeah. and they, they, you know, even in the broadcast, yeah. as they're calling a penalty on him, a whiff on him, another thing on him, a sack yeah. against him, all these things, they're like, hey, this guy's unbelievable, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's unbelievable. everybody says he's going to be great. They love him. Well, he sure as hell wasn't good last night. I no, mean, he no, was terrible listen, last night. No, he looked he, like Luke Jokel last night. Oh, Brett, careful now, careful now, Matt. No, well, he listen, did. he did. He, I mean, listen, he got thrown in the fire a little bit. Obviously, Cleo Max, one of the best guys to do it at that position. And obviously, it was a rookie right there who was, um, I guess, biting off more than he could chew, let's just say. I mean, it was, it's one of those rookie games. Every rookie offensive tackle has one of those games. I'm not going to write off Tristan Wirfs just yet. But, man, like I said, when you get judo cho- or judo tossed like that, man, like a la Ralph Macchio, let's just say. Like, I was waiting for Mr. Miyagi to come out there, man, and r- rub down his shoulder a little bit because that was ugly. After he got the fly from the vice presidential debate. <laughs> you better believe it. What we're talking politics. Here we go. Sorry. It's all mean. It's all good. Uh, the What was that game, though? Now Nick Foles has beaten Tom was, Brady, and Foles, who looked awful in the first quarter, I mean, is like, oh, my god! It was the classic Nick Foles game, Brent. And they said it, actually, to Joe Buck's credit. He's like, he, he is like the ultimate streaky guy. Yeah. And then, bam, 7-7. Seven seven. 
you know, and it's interesting tie to even what we've talked a little bit about Minshew. You give him credit, right? He starts off slow, comes back, he hits like his next eight passes or eight out of nine passes. Mm-hmm. And he goes a little bit down again. Then he comes back up and he plays well toward the end of the game. Those guys are tough, man, because when the bad is, it looks bad. Yeah. And the good, then you get on a roll. You're like, hey, there it is. But you need that to be a little more consistent. I think that could be actually a knock against Minshew over these over the early part of his career is that he gets a little bit streaky, too. Even these Houston games we're talking about, early part of the game, not so much. Later in the game, bam, almost two touchdowns to go win or two scoring drives to go win it. Yeah. So, But Foles has played long enough where that is his M.O. Mm-hmm. I mean, that and that can be a tough watch at times. Mm-hmm. But then you get the end result, and it's another win, and the Chicago's 4-1. and one. Listen, I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's it's about what happens at the end. And obviously, the Chicago Bears right now won another one. Was it Foles' best game? Probably not, but he did enough to win, and he's got a pretty good defense around him to have his back. So anytime you have that, you have a chance. My question to you is with Tom Brady. Like, Listen, I understand that a lot of the offensive weapons, they were out. O.J. Howard out for the season. Um, Chris Godwin was out for that game. But, like, to me, the old Tom Brady, like, you know, the prime Tom Brady, all he needed was Mike Evans and maybe, like, Gronk, and he would have found a way to win. And keep in mind, too, um, the the running back, uh, Barber. Yes. No, yeah, 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 Payne Barber. He had a fantastic game, man. A guy was running all over the place. So you had a run game to fall oh, Ronald Jones. I'm sorry, it's not Payne Barber, Ronald Jones. My bad. Yeah, Ronald Jones. Um, So he had a great run game to fall back on a little bit, and he just didn't come up with enough plays to win. And... To be honest with you, I'm not really accustomed too much of seeing that with Brady. Like, I get it. Guys are banged up right now, but guess what? It's the NFL. Everyone's banged up. I'm just trying to make a point that I've seen Tom Brady um, do a lot more with a lot less of the weapons at his disposal. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, It's a really good point. I just thought he did not look good. And I thought it was an interesting what Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were talking about. I've never really heard it described that way, how the Patriots – when he was running that offense for so long, he looked short and then long. Uh, and Arians wants you to go for the home run and then come back and reel it in yeah. from like a checkdown standpoint. Do you know, like, was it, were the Patriots an outlier in that? Because it feels like most people would say, hey, go get the 15, 20-yard chunk, maybe the long ball, That's your fr- see if it's going to work, and then if not, check down sure. to something shorter. Yeah. So were the Patriots kind of a little bit of an outlier in the way they – or, or, or really, is everybody now like that because of the sideways passing game and short passing game? That, I mean, that's what it seems like, right? It seems like nowadays with the wide receivers, you know, and the agility and the speed, it's like as long as we get these guys out in space a little bit, let's go let them, you know, do their thing. Because let's be honest, two things happen. When you have those short check down passes, number one, it helps your completion percentage, gives you more confidence. And number two, if you have those speedsters, have those agility-like guys, they can create plays with, them, with, with their legs. So... I think that's kind of what happened a little bit. You know a question that just threw out there on social media for everybody to see? Can't wait to see it. This courtesy of Justin Kuzart. We call him Kuz. Yeah, we do. But he raised oh, the no, question. No, no, see, I didn't respond to this. I wasn't going to respond to this type of shenanigans. But you're going to respond to it. Well, I think it's an important question to Not ask. Not an important question. Going to really tick off our fan base, but go ahead. Let's hear it. I don't care about ticking off the fan base. That's okay. what we're here for. No, I'm saying the ESPN 690 fan base. Well, I'm I'm saying that. That's okay. what we're here for. Make them upset. This cool. is a conversation. All right. Hit I mean, them with it. We're yelling at you at a bar over hit a it. beverage. Yeah, I guess right we here. are. We're getting ready to fight somebody possibly but all at this I know, rate. And Kuz says, from an outside standpoint here, just a little observation, is that Chicago's 4-1. Stop. Stop it. And 
Nick Foles has beaten Tom Brady again. Stop, Brent. And Nick Foles came back and beat Atlanta. Brent, steady. Would the Jaguars be better off? Stop, Brent. Or better with Nick Foles? This is like saying Candyman three times. You're going to screw up this entire season for Gardner Minshew now because you said that. No. Like, listen, Nick Foles right now, he has some weapons at his disposal on offense, but he's got a great defense, what we saw last night, too, to have his back. Unfortunately, right now, Gardner Minshew doesn't have that great defense, and sometimes a great defense, because you know how I operate, Brent. I'm a defensive-minded son of a gun. Sometimes a great defense can make the difference in the world. So the answer is no? Absolutely not. It's not no, it's absolutely not. Don't even throw that out there in the universe to think about. I don't want to talk about this anymore. How in the world did the Jags sign Nick Foles for so much money? Did we talk about that last year? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, just you could have got him for a little less? Oh, I know they could have got him for less. He didn't have anybody else after him. I know. But what did they see in him? I mean, did hey. I buy into that? Remind me. Did I buy into that? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we all kind of did, right? Because like, it shows good faith, right? Like, you paid him this much money. It's like, hey, we want you this much. Come on over to Jacksonville and show us what you can do. Hey, it wasn't our money, so don't like, yeah, get I never all care stressed about out about the it. Money yeah. is, the money it's is. not my money. I don't have a yacht to worry about. We're good. Remind me again what they should have done, though. No, that that was, I mean, it I was think the we only both free agreed. agent play. You got to remember, Minshew wasn't in the picture then. They drafted. But it, was, it, was, it was him or Haskins. That was kind of the debate going back and forth. Or Joe Flacco, but come on. Yeah, so there wasn't a lot out there. We No. Because I wasn't a Haskins guy. No, um, we it, both weren't. Yeah, so Joe, Jones was off the board. That wasn't an option. Obviously, Kyla Murray was off the board. Uh, anybody there had was, Drew Locke later on? Yeah. You know? Well, th- there was talks of, because remember, I think Foles got, he got picked before the draft, obviously. But they True. signed him yeah, before yeah, the draft. Yeah. But um, there was a school thought that said, bring in Joe Flacco. I think I brought this up, too. Bring in Joe Flacco as the bridge, and then draft Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, by the way, the Jags, in my opinion, may have got the best quarterback in last year's draft. Yeah. They just did it in the sixth round, and sure. they fell into it a little bit, but they might have. Still got him. I mean, we still don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a debatable question, yep. uh, even over the Kyla Murray love. Uh, so, I mean, what do you think, though? You have to answer your own question. You think Nick Foles would have a better record right now in Jacksonville? No, I oh, think you just, said. I think yeah. what you just said was really right on the money. Now, mm-hmm. listen, I I think he could have done okay with Jay Gruden too, mm-hmm. um, and I think the offense has weapons. Like I do. Like I I don't think Nick Foles is a terrible quarterback. Like I I really don't. I, I don't think he's. I think he has some good play in him. I really do. I mean, you don't do some of the, the things he's won, done. This the guy part. won a Super Bowl, Brent. Enough said. But Come but on. he even went twenty-seven and two that one year. I mean, yeah. if it, in the right. Fit, but you just brought up the most important difference. If Gardner Minshew had Chicago's defense, would the Jags be three and one? I'd be turning my, my Pro Bowl vote right now for Gardner Minshew. No, seriously, would they be three and one? It'd be at least two and two. At least two and two. You got to believe. I mean, that buys you one game. Yes, absolutely. And, and, what are we and talking Chicago's about defense, by the way, is not like this all-world like they were in eighteen. Like they don't feel that way. They don't sure. have that presence about them. But they're certainly a lot better than the Jaguars' defense. Yep. So. You have to say it would at least be two and two, if not three and one, uh, with with Gardner in that defense. If you could pair them together. Uh, that being said, I don't think he's the worst quarterback to ever play in terms of Nick Foles. I do think it's a fair question. Like, what were the Jags thinking? Again, remind us. And so that's why I had to ask you that. Yeah. Uh, I remember we were at the golf tournament when it got announced. I, I think what's what's going to be interesting. Some and somebody said thing. this. Somebody said this to me yesterday, and uh, I won't say who, but this. What's interesting to keep an eye on is how good Justin Herbert is. Mm-hmm. Because the Jags were two spots away from Justin Herbert. Yeah. 
So did they look at him, like him, evaluate him? Yep. If he had slipped to nine, would they have taken him? Because, mm-hmm. because so again, I think it's way too early for Herbert. And honestly, right now, if you give me Herbert right this moment for this week's game or Minshew, I'm taking Minshew. Mm-hmm. I am. I mm-hmm. might be wrong, but I am. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it for the next 10 years. I don't know that answer yet for either guy. But for this week, I'm taking Minshew. But it's an interesting question to say, what if he had slipped to number nine? And something we can say in hindsight. Correct. Uh, but they were all in on Minshew and, and certainly do that. We thought that was probably the best way to go. I think they're all in on Yep, absolutely. I don't think they're going to waste that on Herbert. I don't think a lot of people said, hey, yeah, I hope Herbert's there at number nine. I might be mistaken, but I don't think so. But now that he's starting to play well, that's what you get. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? for sure. You for get sure. to go back and look and be like, I wonder about that. I wonder. Well, and then listen, and with that being said, too, Kuz, I'm going to need you to go back in the archives and find where I said I think Justin Herbert's going to win Rookie of the Year and have better numbers than Joe Burrow. Because I definitely said that when he got drafted. <laughs> so I'm going to need that sound bite. Any chance you have like a month time range that I could? <sighs> couple months back. Okay. <laughs> Couple months back, so you know, again, I don't know. On the, on the <laughs> Nick Foles, not, not that professional. Couple months back, on the Nick Foles uh, conversation, it's a uh, narrator quote, "No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if the Jags would be better." Uh, Matthew says it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if uh, it pays off for him. Name that movie. Uh, of course, you're not going to do it. Uh, we'll, we'll give him a second here. Let okay. him squirm a little more. Shot clock. Uh, yeah, oh, you Google wait, it. What wait, you no, do? You, what's the full title? Oh, I'm not doing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another story. dog story. Come yeah. On. Thank you. You're good, though. You're good. Appreciate it. Sorry. Uh, no, I really okay. hope Minshew is good as a, a handle for this uh, Twitter and says, <laughs> thanks, Brent. Austin is the, the, is the only sane voice there. I'm turning the feed off now. <laughs> look, look at what you're doing. Look at what you're doing right now. Times are tough. Hey, COVID-19, you know man. Like, you got to really try to make it. Minshew is good. Is so happy that I just mentioned them on it, on air that they're not turning no, it off. You're, you're I got you through the next break. You're unbelievable. Like, you're I'm saying with us. I'm trying to put food on my kid's table here, and you keep bringing up Nick Foles better than Gardner Minshew and bringing him into Jacksonville. Like, something's got to give here, Brent. Kyle what says. What are you doing? No. And Jay Nubs. Nubs. Happy birthday the other day. Hope the Yankees lose tonight. Not going to happen. Stan's existing, so no, it's not going to happen. But what do you got to say about it? He says, yes, we'd be in better position for Trevor Lawrence. Very good. I like that. <laughs> that's uh, that's what you wanted. That's what that's you wanted good. to hear. Mm, take for Trevor, bro? Right oh, are you trying to, are you gonna say the T word? I'm not. Are we tanking for Trevor all of a sudden? We have too right. much competition. I got you. What's harder, winning the AFC South or tanking for Trevor? <laughs> I was going to say the NFC East, but... Um, <laughs> no, the NFC East would be clearly easier than the than tanking for Trevor. That's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, probably, I would say tanking for Trevor is harder right now, man. With Jets, Houston? Giants, yeah. Washington. Yeah. Houston, Minnesota, Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, Washington's going to bring Kyle Allen all of a sudden. Think it's going to turn things around in Washington? Okay. We'll and when see. we come back, six-pack of picks. Who do you like this week? Listen to me. Don't listen to any of these other guys. I'm not They're not going to be good, are they? Don't listen to any of us. It's not a lot to add up. Trust me. Just use it as information. There we go. Or do the opposite. Reverse psychology. Now we're talking. next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Some uh, NBA play-by-play here this week as well. Right here on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. You are right? Yeah, I know. You look over like, are you going to make it? Yeah, man. I'm making sure we're all good here. Hey, listen. I, I get choked up about the new lineup. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent. What last night was truly about is the way to get to Tom Brady, the way to beat Tom Brady. This team was able to rush for, get pressure on Tom, and hit him. 
Anytime, and, and Tom is human. You know, Rob Minkovich said that many times this morning. But the way Khalil Mack attacked him, the way that the secondary players of the Chicago Bears were physical with the wide receivers of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's a real thing. That's the way that you beat this team. When you have corners like Jalen Johnson and Kyle Fuller who can play man-to-man in a front that can rush this team. I think that also, at least to me, played a part in Tom Brady's late game mistake. He was rattled. He he was he was frazzled. Brian Clark from ESPN. Did that look like a rattled Tom Brady? I think it was a ticked off Tom Brady. Oh yeah, he was upset. But he's a little crybaby sometimes. Oh, easy, Brent. But well, no, he is. I mean, so listen, I said it earlier this week, LeBron James is a crybaby sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he, he, these guys know, get uh, whiny. They get whiny. Yeah. But like, I mean. They get whiny. Like, calling somebody like that a crybaby. Like, I don't want to be called a crybaby. Call it Tom Brady. That's well, a bummer. Stop crying. I got you. I got you. Okay. Listen, I told you I like... I, I Actually, I like Tom Brady. Like, I don't love Tom Brady. I don't like the Patriots at all. And nobody yeah. believes that. I'm from New England. I don't like the Patriots. I'm yeah. tired of the Patriots. I never liked them as a kid. I, it's not like I didn't like them as a kid, but I was I was a Dolphins fan. Mm-hmm. So people assume that because I'm from Rhode Island that I like the Patriots. And no, that's not the case. In fact, I hated them probably as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but I never have been a time. I've appreciated Brady because I always put him in the sense of LeBron or when I was watching Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, uh, Tiger Woods, you know, all these folks. And then you get to see some of the greats of all time. And so I uh, snapped Larry Bird in there. Uh, see yeah, that? Yeah, so I, I, put, I would put Larry Bird more towards the lines of like a Dave Craig or something. But go on. <laughs> You're, I mean, you're, you're close. Dave Craig. That's awesome. Shout out to Dave Craig. I, I almost scanned Navy Spiders, by the way. That is awesome. Yeah. I remember watching Tom, I mean, Dave Craig yeah. and the Patriots in like the mid 80s yeah. or whatever. Uh, Kurt Warner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pretty other Kurt Warner. Other Kurt Warner. Yeah, right. But it didn't pan out that well for Dave Craig. Steve Largent. There are no stops. Yeah, he's dropping. Yeah, now he's like a senator or something. Is yeah, he yeah. still Is he still like a politician? Yeah. Dude, forget the radio show. Let's just have a podcast. We're talking about old quarterbacks the whole time. You <laughs> can do it. Yeah, let's do uh, it. But anyway, I appreciate Brady. Sure. You have to respect um, I, him. Yeah, I do. And and now that he's not in a Patriots uniform, I can even like him a little bit. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But he can be whiny. Yeah. Though that moment on the sideline was awesome, too. Yeah. That's what makes him great. I mean, that's what makes great athletes. Mm-hmm. That guy at 43 could be the most satisfied human at the, it, it, on the face of the earth. Yeah. And he's not. And he's yelling at some guy that looks like he might kill you if he wasn't in a football uniform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 350-pound Jensen or yeah. whatever the heck his name is, yeah. man. How does that guy just go back to his seat and not punch Brady <laughs> or eat him. I know, man. Well, I miss it. I mean, that's what happens. Like, sometimes when you're the general, you're not the biggest dude, you're not the most intimidating dude, but guess what, man? People respect you. Like, there's a reason why when Leonard Fournette went to the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his agency had all these memes with Tom Brady, right? Like, he's that much of a polarizing teammate, and uh, he's obviously earned those stripes, to say the least. we got a couple comments here uh, on our YouTube thing. Uh, Tom B. was peed, peed, uh, peed off, let's just say. I if I can say that word. Um, headbutting, pushing defenders sloppy ball over from tim devil 999 and then diago mayo with an interesting comment larry bird just had a good shot <clears throat> is that your brother sure I, i'm an only child brent oh. nice try but uh yeah had a good shot That's he, your he, alternate he, ego he, he did have it might as well be brent it might as well be uh, all right let's bring in brandon ponsel sorry you had to hear, hear all that stuff bad about uh larry bird and there, dave craig and well, Dave Craig, whatever, but <laughs> bad mouthing Larry Bird is a dangerous thing around here. Uh, Brandon Potzel from JacksCoastalHomes.com. What's up, man? Hey, how we doing, Brent? Hey, doing great. Uh, you know what? It's not great, Brandon. What's that? Our record in picks. 
Like, I think I was four and two last week. You you were, and that's a, called a banner week around here. Yeah, that's that's to be celebrated <laughs> for sure. Uh, we should not be going to Vegas together, because here are the picks. Brendan's in first after four weeks, eleven and thirteen. Brent and Austin ten and fourteen. And by okay. the way, Austin started at five and one. So how bad oh. have you been since? The, the wheels have fallen off, to say the least. And Kuz like didn't even fill him in for a couple of he's times. Done. And I gave him a couple of wins. Get and he's up. nine and fifteen. Yeah, let's match his kneecaps. He owes some money. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, Brandon can't be on talking about that stuff. Oh, sorry. Uh, Brandon Ponsel, uh from JacksCoastalHomes.com joins us every Friday here with our six-pack of picks. And we always like to get a real estate question in or two as well. Uh, how's it going anyway? You know, one thing I've heard about when school gets in session, things slow down a little bit. Is that the case? Uh, it slows down a little bit, but with uh, the climate in Florida, we don't see a crazy drop-off during the winter months. Um Seasonal seasonal real estate is a big thing in the Northeast, but uh, Florida we keep chugging along, um, so the market doesn't slow down too much, and it actually picks back up again uh, after Thanksgiving and throughout the winter. Se- winter. Really, in the holiday season, it's interesting. That's because everybody started the cold up north, probably starts coming down. All right, one more question I have for you uh, as we deep dive into the real estate market uh, here on Friday afternoons, and I love these. Uh, I love getting the insight from you. The old way of thinking, I think, uh, you know, back when I first started purchasing houses was if you renovated like your bathroom, you'd get the most money back in return for spending that money. Is that still the case? Like your bathroom and maybe kitchen, it, the, the it place is. to kitchen, spend your money? Kitchens, kitchens and baths are the game changers. Uh, if you're going to put money into your house, those are the first two places uh, to start. Um, obviously, you don't want it to lose its flow. You don't want a nice, modern, contemporary kitchen with the rest of your house is outdated. Um, so you got to spend wisely. You want it to flow. Um, definitely want a uh, consultant to come in and kind of help you out uh, if you have that in your budget um, to make a clean, clean flow. Um, but those kitchens and bathrooms really, really move properties. All right, uh, Brandon Ponsel with us. Uh, so, like those man caves in the garage, probably doesn't help add value. <laughs> doesn't do anything on the resale. Uh, helps your Saturday and Sunday stuff. Yeah, it does help during those days. All right, let's get it right to it and uh, get you out of here and heading into a weekend. Brandon Ponsel from uh, JacksCoastalHomes.com. Go check him out for all your real estate needs, buying, selling questions. Uh, JacksCoastalHomes.com is the uh, place to go. All right, here we go. We go a couple college games, and it's a big one. There are so many good. Games this week in college football that Florida, Texas A&M are a noontime kick, which seems so odd. And uh, the Florida Gators on the road favored by six and a half, Brandon. Ooh, that's a big number on the road. It is a big number, but uh, same thing I said last week. I'm a big Dan Mullins fan, big fan of his offense. Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts are on fire right now. I think Texas A&M hangs in there early, but uh, Florida pulls away late. Um, and I'm going to take the Gators and lay the six and a half. I'm doing the exact same thing. Um, I think if it, there was a crowd there at A&M, it would be a harder place to play. But I'd go ahead and give me the high-powered Florida offense. I don't care about defense anymore in the SEC. Florida's got the offense to back it up. Kellen Mond's got to have a great game. He's looked okay. This is a guy that's supposed to be like a top-five draft pick at the quarterback position. Not sure if I've seen that quite from him yet. Go ahead and give me the Florida Gators. I've been disappointed in Kellen Mond. I know yeah. he, he come, everybody's like, yeah, he's been a little better, a little better. I thought he was going to be very good. Same and here. He, he just hasn't been. Maybe this is his moment. Maybe this is Jimbo's moment a little bit, too. Um, I'm going to go with A&M at home. I just think that that's too many points to give up, and I'm going to take it because I think it's a sweetheart deal, even though 
I don't like Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. I don't think he's doing a great job. Uh, Gators are better. I'm just going to say Vegas wins this one uh, with the six and a half points. So we'll see what happens. All right. Tennessee and Georgia, I think, is a fascinating game. Is Tennessee back, Brandon, to the point where they can contend with Georgia? Because let's be honest, the Vols have been bullied around that SEC East the last handful of years or so. I think I think Tennessee's definitely on their way back. I don't think they're going to have the big wins against Florida and Georgia this year, but I think they're going to keep it close uh, tomorrow. I'm taking the Vols in the 12s. Nice. Uh, you know what? I'm doing the same thing. Austin, what Do you it. got? I'm taking Georgia all day. Listen, Tennessee has to score to actually make this a game. I think Georgia has the best defense in the entire college, the entire realm of college football. Now, what does that mean? We'll find out against a Tennessee offense that seems to be firing now a little bit. But go ahead and give me that Georgia Bulldogs uh, defense. Go ahead and give me that offense that's starting to click a little more against that Auburn Tiger team that they had last week. I like Georgia. Yeah, let's go to the NFL now. Is uh, Baker Mayfield filming a commercial on Sunday? Because I'm confused <laughs> about this line. Yeah. Uh, it's a pick em game at home for the Browns against the Colts. Mm-hmm. I know the Colts have pretty good defense, but that was an impressive win, man. Impressive look by Baker Mayfield and the Browns last week Correct. at Dallas. I know Dallas is struggling, but it doesn't matter. They jumped out to a 41-10 lead in a game where usually the Browns will fold their tent. And, like, they're not going to live up to the hype, all that stuff. Yeah, That's crazy to me that's a pick em game. Yeah. What am I missing? Are uh, you talking to me first? Yeah. All right, so, I mean... I- I agree with you wholeheartedly. We got Darius Leonard out, probably the most important piece on that defense. You got Costanzo out on the offensive line. Now left tackle. Keep keep an eye out for my defensive player of the year. I called Miles Garrett to have a big game in this one. I think Cleveland wins this pretty handily, actually. Brandon, what do you think? I'm gonna go I'm gonna agree with Austin on this one. Leonard being out for the Colts, a huge loss. Uh they have a great defense. Xavier Rhodes a great corner, but uh the Browns do have a lot of weapons. Baker will spread it around and uh I think the Browns win uh by about seven points. Yeah, this is so easy that I'm trying to go back and see what does Vegas know that we don't know? Like I agree I mean, with you guys. Yeah. But like this, Ch- well, I just Ch- hope Ch- they get Chubb's out. Chubb's out. And you have, but you still have Kareem Hunt though. <laughs> they ran for 300 yards I know. last week. No, I hear you, man. Kareem Hunt, <laughs> they didn't miss a beat there. Yeah, I'm confused at that line. Like, yeah. something is up there, and I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe Phil Rivers found the fountain of youth all of a sudden. Yeah, He's right. going to have a game. Hasn't looked like well, it. Going, going from our track record this year, everyone should run to uh, the books and uh, put everything on the uh, Colts. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it. I Jonathan know it. Taylor's going to have a big day. All right. Chargers and the Saints. I, you know, I had a hard time finding games, and I wanted to stay away from the Titans-Bills games. Mm-hmm. There's not. This isn't a great NFL slate, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the Chargers and Saints, is, that's an interesting one because the Chargers have played some of the good teams tough, and now they're going with Herbert. What do you like, Brandon? Seven-and-a-half point favorite for the Saints. And this, this is of uh, the games we're picking. This is was the toughest one for me. Uh, don't really have any analysis to back the pick up, other than I'm just going to take the Saints at home um, to get that seven and a half cover. Herbert might struggle a little bit, uh, you know, have a little bit of uh, backtrack in his in his uh, performances, but uh, just going to throw one out there and take the Saints on this one. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same, and I agree with what you just said there. He's there might be a little correction here on Herbert. He's played pretty well. Mm-hmm. I played unbelievable, but he's played pretty well. And what I can't, I think the harder thing here is the Saints. I don't know what the Saints are. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they were down 14 nothing to Detroit. They're 1-2. and two. They're all this stuff going on. And then, bam, they turn it on. Yeah. And they score like 35 unanswered at one time uh, against Detroit. I don't know who the Saints are. I'm still going to take them, though. <laughs> what, what, what are the points again? <laughs> Seven and a half. You know what? Go ahead and give me the Chargers then. And listen, uh, I got to try to get up a one-up on you guys here. But Michael Thomas is in question to play this week. Obviously, again. if Michael Thomas comes back, that's huge for the Saints. But they have a bye week next week. So I, I don't see them putting Michael Thomas out there and trying to push him right before the bye week. Give him another week of rest and see what happens. I'm nervous about my pick, though, because Austin Eckler is out, right? And he's big in that run game. Rookie quarterbacks are going to have rookie games eventually. I don't see it being Justin Herbert's rookie game this week. I think he comes out with Keenan Allen, and they keep it close. Um, Hunter Henry. But I also think that the Saints could probably blow him out. I don't care. I'm taking the Chargers. All right. Uh, Eagles and Steelers. Brandon Steelers is a touchdown favorite against an Eagles team that looked, uh, well, halfway decent last week. All right. I still don't know how Philadelphia got out of San Francisco with that win last week. I'm not a fan of this Eagles team. I don't know what happened to Carson Wentz, but uh, those those terrible towels are going to be back in Hinesfield tomorrow or Sunday waving, and I think the Steelers handle them pretty easily and win by two touchdowns. What do you think? I'm taking Steelers all day, too. Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz is, is a shell of himself for some reason. Um, keep in mind, the Steelers have had, what, two weeks now to prepare for this Eagles def- or yeah, to this offense? I mean, they, they want to play. Um, you know, the Tennessee Titans did what they did to them. So, yeah, I think the Steelers win this out I, uh, big time. I can't disagree with anything you guys are saying. That's why I'm taking the Eagles, because you guys have stunk so far. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Jaguars in Houston. You know, I had this line at six and a half. And I looked at it again, and now it's down to five and a half. Did Bill O'Brien help the Jags by a point? I was expecting the other way to go up. Plus, the Jags are beat up. We don't even know if Josh Allen's going to play in this game. What do you think, Brandon? I I keep picking the Jags. I keep losing. The minute I go to the uh, opposite, uh, Minshew will come out and look uh, like all pros. So I'm just going to keep riding the Jags. I think Gardner Minshew is – He's kind of fighting for his NFL life. If he he drops a couple more, um, they're going to turn the page on him in Jacksonville and start planning ahead. So I think Minshew goes down motivated and uh, spreads it around the field and looks great on Sunday. I think the Jags uh, win this one outright. Right, what do you think, man? So, listen, I think that if the Jaguars come out and try to throw the rock around like they very well could, they're going to lose this battle. I think Houston has a lot more firepower, and with all due respect to Gardner Minshew, the better quarterback. If they run James Robinson against the worst rush defense in the NFL, they slow the clock down, they could have a chance. I don't see them doing that. I think they're going to try to get in a gunfight with the Houston Texans, going to backfire, and I got the Houston Texans winning. I do, too. I, I've started to feel good about the Jags this week, and then something changed. I just, I think... Houston's going to be pretty motivated. I think they're better. I'm concerned about the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think this could be an ugly one. The trend has been the Jags don't play well against Houston. I yeah. mean, I have a hard time believing they're going to break that trend right now, given the fact that they're not playing that well. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I'm not even. I'm going to give up the six and a half here that I have, or the five and a half. We can go with that line, but uh, and go Houston. So that's going to be the way. All right, Brandon Ponce, I hope you have a good weekend, man. And yeah. uh, make sure you go check out jackscoastalhomes.com. I know uh, if everybody tells you that uh, you heard it on ESPN 690, you can get a little bit of break on closing costs. So uh, make sure you tell Brandon and the folks at jackscoastalhomes.com that you heard them right here on ESPN 690. Thanks for jumping in. Absolutely. Thanks, fellas. Have a good weekend. All right. Uh, that's Brandon Ponce, uh, com. Those are our picks. I don't think... By the way, in the history of my life in Jacksonville, I have gone against the Jags this much <laughs> in a five-week stretch. Yeah. 
This one confused me a lot, though, because I seriously was starting to lean. I'm like, I'm going to pick them. I think they're going to upset them. Yeah. But then the more and more I thought about it, I just couldn't. I couldn't convince myself. Like See, I feel like I feel like th- that move with O'Brien galvanized Houston. Correct. I think um, the more I read out of there was like they couldn't wait till he was gone. Listen, and, and it's simple, man. I said this last week when we're doing our picks. If the Jaguars lose against the Bengals, they don't cover. Then the Jaguars are who we thought they were, and it's, it's your traditional Jaguars. And with that being said, your traditional Jaguars do not play well in Houston, and they don't play well against the Texans in general. So how could I not pick Houston here? Simple as that. Yeah, it's one of those things you got to show us, right? I yeah. mean, you got to prove it. You got to earn it a little bit somewhere along the way, and uh, it just hasn't been the case. I mean, heck, they lost by eight to the Bengals. They got crushed by the Dolphins. Houston looking for their first win. It could be a third straight week where somebody gets their first win of the season against the Jags, uh, which uh, would be kind of depressing. We're going to have more of the breakout game if the Texans do win. You think a Deshaun Watson breakout game or a J.J. Watt breakout game? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Well, keep in mind, you got to remember that part. Deshaun Watson has not played great football no, he hasn't. the first month of the year. Uh, he's got one of those in him. Mm-hmm. So look out. Be an interesting game plan. We'll talk more about the game. In fact, what is the game plan against Deshaun Watson? We'll do that in the five o'clock hour post Major League Baseball playoffs. How can we get the Yankees out of this thing? And a little bit about the NBA. It's on the way.